Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. From the beginning, we have so often chosen to make our own standards of what is good and right, our own codes of morality. No matter how well we might think that works, it won't help us if it doesn't line up with God's standard of morality. We have fallen so far short and have gotten so off track from that standard, which created all kinds of damage in our lives and collateral damage in the lives of those around us. The influences we often listen to point us to live by our own codes of morality instead of God's, and that won't help us. But God, who loves us, had a way to give us his morality, his righteousness, as a gift. He also provided a way for us to be encouraged, influenced, and shepherded back to the life he offers us. He did all of that through Jesus, the one promised to come. And that's the focus of this week's podcast. She just didn't get it. How could her daughter possibly think that? See, unbeknownst to all, Target had become a war zone. Ashley, spirited preschooler versus mom, frustrated parent. See, a few months back, I ran into Target to grab some groceries when I unintentionally approached this far too familiar battleground. You know how awkward this gets. You see this mom and this daughter going at it. And from what I heard, as I awkwardly tried to sneak away, Ashley had been holding a toy and her baby brother snatched it out of her hand when she wasn't paying attention. And of course, this in turn led Ashley to grab it back and pinch her brother. The natural response, right? And her mom called her on it, but Ashley didn't see anything wrong. I can still hear her little voice. He's the one who took it, mama. I did nothing. He deserved it. We've all seen that shouting match unfold in the store near you. And it illustrates something about human beings. Like little Ashley, we have an inborn drive to justify ourselves. We want others to see us as righteous according to our terms, our standards. I never realized until I was on Reddit last week how much the word righteous and righteousness are back in our American vocabulary. I, I kind of always thought that such words were only heard in the Bible or in church, but it's all over the place now. People calling out others for being, quote-unquote, self-righteous, for having a worldview or morality that's different. People justifying their actions, why they're right, and anyone who thinks differently is wrong. And we as people don't like being wrong. We come up with our own standards, and without realizing it, we expect the world around us to affirm that. And anyone who doesn't affirm us offends us in a small way or a big way. But what if there's a standard beyond anything we could keep? How can we really be righteous? How can there be peace for broken people like you and me who are driven to justify our brokenness? Such peace was something only a few knew in Jeremiah's time. 
So the prophet Jeremiah lived around 600 BC, but honestly, Judah, the country where he was from, it was a lot like 2022. And just tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Political leaders taking advantage of their citizens, abusing their power, social injustice all over the country, pastors not preaching the word of God, but their own opinions and logic, people often mindless and oblivious to social and moral problems, trying to avoid conflict and conversation about it, a nation divided into a tribal-like culture, pitted against each other, not united, people easily offended, especially when it came to God's word. And if you walked around the country of Judah enough, you'd hear more, how dare you tell me how to live my life, than you'd ever care to hear. Sounds a little bit familiar, right? People in Judah were searching for righteousness, searching for a standard, the standard, thinking they could find it their own way and cutting down anyone who dared correct them. How dare you tell me how to live my life? Now, maybe you've heard that soul-scorching phrase from someone you care about. Why does it hurt so much? Why does it sting when your child dismisses your view on life or a decision you made? Why do we take it so personally when someone corrects us? It really is an ego thing. Lionel Richie in an interview once said, All artists are egotistical maniacs with inferiority complexes. The reality is it's not just artists. The Bible tells us it's all of us, you and me. See, by nature, we want people to recognize our greatness. We want to prove ourselves. But when we meet resistance, when others show, when others show their version of righteousness or rightness to be better than us or that ours is wrong or inferior, we take things personally. And our hearts struggle with that. And a lot of times, our hearts condemn us because we know there's a standard we can't keep. Our consciences are very clear with that. See, the influences within us and around us dictate so often how we view righteousness. See, God, he doesn't mince words when it comes to those influences. In fact, he says in Jeremiah, Woe to those shepherds who lead you astray, right? Whether that's a pastor not preaching the word of God or a king that isn't ruling justly, like that's what was going on in Jeremiah's time. It's not just that, but all these influences inside us and out that tell us that we can be righteous, that we can make things right on our own. If we try hard enough, if we think this way, if we do that thing, and God stares down such influences and says, here in Jeremiah, because you have scattered my flock and driven them away, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done. All the influences that people wrongfully affirmed that were leading people away from God are condemned by our Heavenly Father. Why is he condemned in such harsh terms? Well, because such influences, whether in our environment or the people in our lives or in our hearts, come from the ultimate wolf in sheep's clothing, Satan. Any influence that goes against what God says, God can't stand that because it leads people away from him. And so God, as he so often does, he lets his heart bleed on the pages of Scripture. As the shepherd he is, seeing his lambs, his sheep he's cared for as his own, you and me, believers of all times and places, choosing to wander into the dangers of sin and Satan, it makes him angry. It makes him angry because we're drifting away from him and his heart can't stand that. He wants us close at his side. It still makes him angry today. He knows what sin is capable of, what our sin-influenced hearts think. 
by nature we think I'm righteous and the world should recognize me for that. I'm better than so-and-so. My standard, it's a pretty good one. And as sinners, you and I, we, we often compare ourselves with others or we lash out when someone lovingly calls us out for something wrong we're doing in our lives or we look for affirming voices to tell us a certain sin is okay even though deep down we know it's not. We are our own worst shepherds so often at the time. We want to shepherd ourselves instead of giving the staff to Jesus. Leaving the metaphors, let's get concrete, let's be real. How does this sinful self-shepherding happen? What happens when one of our kids calls us out on something? That inner anger we have, even though they're totally right. We should say, I'm sorry, but we have a struggle with saying that. It happens when a wife rightly calls out a husband or a husband rightly, lovingly calls out his wife. It's not nagging, it's love, but our drive for righteousness rejects it. It happens when we dish heat on social media. It happens when we ghost a friend at school and they disagree with us. It all points to one of our core struggles, the struggle we put on ourselves to prove ourselves, to prove we are right, that we're okay. We can pick up our broken pieces and put ourselves back together entirely on our own But it's like putting Elmer's glue on a broken diamond. It won't ever be strong enough to hold it together. We can't make things right. We can't be righteous. We are sheep without a shepherd. But that's not where God left us. That's not where God left his flock in Jeremiah's time either. Notice after he calls out all those influences we often follow instead of the Lord, he doesn't drop a bomb of punishment. Instead, He actually steps in himself. This is so cool. God says, I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I've driven them and will bring them back to their pasture. The Lord saw how lost his flock was, searching for righteousness, scattered in their psyche. So he puts on himself to gather them and to give them a righteousness they could never achieve. Righteousness that would give them a home, a pasture, peace, Again, he would gather his flock with his own arms and they would never be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing. The broken would have completeness, peace again. As you listen to this podcast, if you found yourself feeling broken, constantly trying to prove you're okay when you're not, trying to show the world it's wrong about you, offended when you get called out, God says, stop chasing the winds of pride. And peer into the Bible, and you'll find righteousness unlike anything you could begin to imagine. Are you ready to see Jesus in Jeremiah 23? This is just incredible. Here Jesus says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. There's only one person who fits these qualifications, a king who always rules rightly, a righteous branch. It's Jesus. And the reason I said ours so loud, why it's such a big deal, is because Jesus is talking about you and me. The righteousness that we could never earn on our own, he's going to give that to you and me, and he has through the cross and empty tomb. That's the righteousness Jesus has won for you. He is the righteous branch of David's family. The king who always reigns with complete wisdom and always does what is right. The shepherd who will never stop gathering his sheep. You. He's our Jesus. 
who doesn't let the sinful influences of our world or our hearts stop him. Satan says to you every single day, justify yourself, prove you're somebody, prove you're right. And Jesus says to you, you've been justified. And you're more than just somebody in God's eyes. You're everything. You can be at peace now through me and what I've done for you. Jesus has given you a kind of righteousness that silences the voices that pressure you, that demand you make right what you've done wrong. He quiets the shouting you hear, telling you in no uncertain terms, you need to fix yourself. He tells you in word and sacrament, stop trying to prove you're right when you know, trying to prove right what you know is wrong. Just, just follow me. Let me care for you. Hear the words of forgiveness I have for you. Stop looking within or looking outside yourself to prove yourself. Find your identity in me. He's your shepherd. He's your ultimate pastor. That's what shepherd means, pastor. See, I love being your pastor, but don't get me wrong. I'm a flawed, sinful human being who has and will continue to make mistakes. If I haven't let you down yet, I will because I, that's, I'm a sinner. But just like you, I'm a sinner saved by grace because the greatest pastor ever, the good pastor, the good shepherd, Jesus, he holds you and me in his arms. So your shepherd is something far better for you than proving the world wrong. Peace with God. Or as Jeremiah, we see in Jeremiah 23, verse 6, living safely always. So what does living safely mean? It means being in Jesus' flock covered in the white wool, if you will, or just the white robes of his righteousness. It doesn't mean life will be free of danger and pain. But here's what it does mean. It means you won't be going through it scattered, lost, or isolated. You'll get to walk with Jesus. You walk in faith knowing even in the darkest of valleys, he's right there. You live with a wholeness that Jesus will make things right as he always has. You can live without the pressure to prove Because you have the shepherd who's saved. You're justified, declared righteous, free. And what would life look like if you weren't living to justify yourself anymore? How how would you view your work if you remembered the promises of the Bible that God has prepared your work before time began to glorify him and not to prove yourself? How different parenting is when we focus on wanting our kids to see Jesus as we teach them how to say sorry and I forgive you how deep marriage becomes that connection when our sole aim is to bring our spouse closer to Jesus by praying together and studying the word together. How freeing life would be if we but focused on being known by Jesus, a sheep at his side. This is the life you have in the shepherd who laid down his life for you. When God sees you, he doesn't see a person lost in an impossible dream of self-sufficient righteousness. He sees Jesus. That's righteousness. You don't need to prove yourself. You're loved by God. The most amazing statement anyone could ever hear. God loves you. In a world seeking promotion to be viral to the end of time, to be right, you live for a different reason. You live justified. Christ is your righteousness. He's done it all. He's your shepherd who has compassion for you and will gather you again and again to his side. Pressure gone. Peace for the broken. Righteous in the eyes of God. So live free, sheep of God. Walk with Jesus. He is your good shepherd. Amen. Thank you so much for listening this week. 
It's such a joy to share with you, especially talking about Jesus as our good shepherd. There's such a neat picture there. Live in the confidence that you have a God who has compassion for you, a God who's forgiven you, a God who is there for you. What a joy, what a privilege, and what an honor. And God be with you as you live for him this week and the rest of your life.